Walker OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 143. As always, a reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend of our little podcast here that is being listened to all over the planet. It's bringing us all a little closer together. Busy show ahead. Thrilled to be welcoming in to the soccer OG, a real OG in his own right, former Manchester City, former Red Bulls, former LAFC star striker Bradley Wright Phillips, who is now entering my world of media and soccer coverage. Love to get his thoughts about that. We're going to talk about developing players as well and get an idea of Major League Soccer and what's happening in the English Premier League as we're all paying close attention. In stoppage time, it's the International Week. It's here. We will delve into what uh, the expectations should be for the United States as they look to uh, squeeze the lemon of these two games against Grenada and El Salvador before they look towards challenging the rest of this year, always with an eye on 2026. It's going to be a fun show, so stick around. We have a lot to discuss. We want you to be part of it as well. And a reminder to check out the Soccer OG on uh, YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. There is a new video up right now talking about the phenomenon that is Tiago Almada, who will talk to Bradley Wright Phillips about, and how this is uh, a major moment for Major League Soccer, not just the way he's playing, but the fact that this league was able to attract a talent like this. Don't let anyone else tell you. Tiago Almada, before arriving in Major League Soccer, was the shining star in Argentina. He was the number one prospect alongside Julian Alvarez, even ahead of a guy like Enzo Fernandez. This was a blue chip star that came to MLS and they paid for it, but now it looks like the uh, the investment is paying off. Much more, so many topics as we span the globe here on the Soccer OG. Let's get going. of the show. It feels a little scrambled because I try to squeeze in all the topics that grab my attention over the weekend. And there are many uh, really compelling stuff as we head into this international break. I, I think I have to give this a little more structure. What do you say? I'll leave a comment. Go to my social media handles, uh, Bredos or Max Bredos Sports on Twitter, Bredos on Instagram. Go to uh, the YouTube and leave a comment there. I love to interact with you guys there. But I now that I'm on the road in Major League Soccer, I think this is a good place to kind of update with what's, what's I'm going and the interesting things that I am noticing now on the road. I was in Colorado this weekend. I'll be in Salt Lake next weekend. So I get to see the width and breadth of all of MLS. So uh, I did want to say something because I saw the news that Jack Price uh, tore his Achilles moments after he came into the game with the Rapids. I just want to let you know what an incredible man that guy is. Worked so hard to get back from injury. Then he tears his Achilles. He sat on the bench. Um, to watch the remainder of the game, which the Rapids lost late. And then after the full-time whistle, two guys carried him off so he could get treatment, go to the hospital or wherever it was. And uh, just, uh, you know, it breaks your heart, but you just see these athletes and what they uh, deal with. And the time in rehabilitation, I was just really blown away. Uh, impressed by Minnesota. Uh, they, they, they're looking for some, some players. They're, they're going a little bit off the, off the beaten path. I mean, they've swung and missed on a lot of strikers in particular, but Hlongwane, the, uh, the young South African guy, is, is, pretty, uh, is pretty exciting. And they, I look like they got a good center back in uh, Tapias, uh, Miguel Tapias, who they got in from Pachuca. So this week I'll be at Salt Lake. St. Louis is coming. Like I saw that on my schedule. I was like, oh, well, that game's going to be so-so. But now it's 
one of the games of the round because St. Louis City, four wins out of four, and they're creating a an image which they were steadfast on from the beginning. It's working now. You look at this team. There's no way they can cont- they maintain it, or is there? But they got four wins. Many people probably thought they would get four wins total this year. They got four wins, and they score goals. Yeah, they got a lot going for them. But it's a, a group of play. But they had a vision. They get this big goalkeeper in Berkey and get uh, a big, robust center forward in Zhao Klaus. Those guys are a big part of why they're having success. So uh, congratulations to them. So we'll, we'll share some time here so we can discuss it. A few things of note. We'll leave the MLS talk with our very special guest, BWP, as he's known. You hear Messi getting booed by PSG, PSG losing to Rennes. In Ligue 1. I mean, they're probably going to still win it, although it's creeping up on the back of them. And they're out of the Champions League. Is this Messi's fault? No. But you wonder, I mean, they're going to they're gonna want to keep him and pay him. And they're going to want to do the same with Neymar, who's out injured. And then Kylian Mbappe. But, you know, PSG, it's going to be hard for them to stay relevant in the big picture of things with what's happening in the Premier League. The Serie A, who have three teams in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. We barely got one over the last few years. So this is a huge jump. Is it sustainable? I don't know. I mean, uh, Milan and Inter, they've navigated very well. And Napoli, can they, they're not going to keep these players. Can they continue to find these talents like Osimhen and Cavada to boast them, to boost them as a club? Which, you know, PSG spends money. We're learning that you don't have to throw all this money at clubs. Napoli is doing it in a very savvy way. Scouting, I, I, I'm drawn to that kind of football. Personalities, finding a team that works as opposed to just getting a big wad of cash and getting the best player. Like we saw with Chelsea, we've seen with uh, PSG uh, to a lesser degree, Man City. I think Man City, although they have the money, it's very a little better thought out about the pieces. Um, but I mean, do we go back to that or is it still this crazy money that's available for these teams? But PSG, you know, we, we wonder if the door is going to be open for Messi to come to Major League Soccer, it appears closer than ever like that's going to happen. Because, I mean, what's he, he, does he want to play for trophies? I, I think the days of Messi playing for the biggest trophies are done. He got the World Cup. He's not going to win a Champions League because the teams competing for a Champions League spot are not going to want to bring in Messi for similar ways that they don't want to bring in Cristiano Ronaldo. Nobody wanted Ronaldo, remember? And it's because stylistically they have to become a different team. You have to build around Messi. You need to find someone who can support Messi with running, etc. And I don't think these clubs want to do that. So uh, who would it be? I mean, look at the teams. Can he go to Italy? Maybe. I could see it at Milan or an Inter. Um, but, you know, the teams that you would say are favorites, the, the four teams I think that can win the Champions League, which is, but well, the draws changed everything because... We have three Italian teams and Benfica on one side, but I would think it was it's Man City, Napoli, Bayern, Real Madrid. So uh, three of them are on one side of the bracket. None of those teams are going to bring in Messi. So maybe the time is now. Uh, it's a very ordinary PSG team. You know they have they're playing a 17 year old defender in Bichiabu. They have Juan Bernat and Danilo Pereira in that back line. Vitinha Vitinha is a good player. Uh, I, I love Marco Verratti, uh, but you know it's like. You look at the team, it's a good team. It's not this elite European team. And uh, 
the, the teams that are pursuing them in France are creeping up on them. You know, there's some good squads there like Rennes, like uh, Monaco, Marseille is getting ambitious. So the French League's more interesting, but on a global scale, I don't know if it's going to be there for PSG. So Lionel, ven pa' acá, ven pa' los Estados Unidos. By the way, come to Miami. I, I, I do not miss living in Miami. That's my hometown. I don't know if you've seen this news. I mean, people getting shot on Ocean Drive. Ocean Drive has become one of the most ugly, uh, unappealing streets. You know, it's like, uh, what's the sp- New Orleans, the main street? I mean, it's, it's fun if you go there for, uh, um, if you go there for Mardi Gras or what have you, but you don't want it. It's filthy and, and dangerous. Um, Bourbon Street. So uh, <laughs> I was going to search it up, but it hit me. I haven't been there in many years. Then Ocean Drive, it's like just appalling, overpriced. Every, why would you want to go there? And the city of Miami has done nothing to, I'm look at this, look, look at the, the pivot that I've had here. They're doing nothing to remedy it. They're just letting everyone come in. You got money, have a festival. Here, yeah, film here, do this, do that. Nah, don't worry about signing any paperwork. Everyone's welcome. Just come in here and crap all over the city. So maybe Messi's watching that and that's going to discourage him. I don't know. Big win for Dortmund. Uh, I got to say this, we're not going to dwell on Gio Reyna anymore. What Gio Reyna has to do, and we'll talk about him in stoppage time, is go along for the ride. He is a luxury player for Dortmund. He might start a game here or there. He's going to probably get 15, 20 minutes. But everyone's performing in front of him. And now with Bayern losing to Bayer Leverkusen, Dortmund's back on top of the Bundesliga. And uh, I, I still think Bayern wins it. But Dortmund have shown they can be a consistent team. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very deep team. They have so many options. If they could stay healthy... Because look, Julian Brandt got injured, and that didn't move Gio Reyna up the pecking order. He came on for Brandt in that Champions League, and the reports in Germany was they didn't really, uh, they didn't give him high marks for what he did. So Gio Reyna, I don't know if he's complaining or not. I don't think he is. He looks like a happy camper. Go along for the ride, and maybe you win the Bundesliga Shield, and then you can see if your future is there at Dortmund. And obviously, all the stuff that happened pushed into the back burner, and that's part of what we're going to talk about as well how Gio Reyna now can focus on soccer because there's been a lot of distractions, things that he didn't was not able to control. Uh, Manchester United, Fulham. Last thing I'll say, because I, I know I get very long-winded here, and Fulham was up, and then it kind of went pear-shaped for uh, the Cottagers as a series of red cards and horrible behavior from Marco Silva, the manager. And he's the one that I have biggest issue with because he's the guy that has to be uh, above it, you know. And the the, the, the treatment of referees, and they, they, you got to really have a very difficult job. And VAR makes it even more difficult because they're looking at this video and they have to judge by the book with the, the smallest of margins, whether something's offside, whether it's a handball. But they, they're trying to create a guidebook. You've got to be patient with them. You can't do that. And a lot of matters. Mikel Arteta. I've been watching a lot of Arsenal games. That guy's got to chill out with how he... I mean, he says some pretty off-color and does some off-color things to the fourth official. It's got to stop. And I hope these... I haven't checked if there's a suspension. Uh, you know, Mitrovic, you know, actually pushed the referee. I mean, he should be out five, six games. Silva should be out five, six games. I'm dead serious. None of this referee abuse. Well, even if they do a terrible job, that's not how you do it. Uh, it is. And by the way, I'm loving the uh, spring forward as a West Coast uh, 
fan of the beautiful game, I get to watch these games an hour later. I know that's going to change, but I've been enjoying it. Um, so Fulham was winning, 70th minute. There was a VR review uh, on a William Red uh, penalty, which it was a penalty. And then Fulham ended up with nine players at Manchester United. This was not in the Premier League, by the way. If, I don't know if I said that. It's the FA Cup. And, and a huge opportunity for Fulham to make a semifinal. And, you know, you're so close to Wembley. Semifinals, you go to Wembley. You're there. Your fans get to travel. Not a very long trip for Fulham, but that's a making a semifinal is a huge difference than making a quarterfinal. When you make a quarterfinal, it, it feels empty because in the semis, you get to go to Wembley. And uh, that's a, a wonderful thing. But Fulham, uh, I hope uh, they throw the book at these guys. I was just, it was just, it was gross. Stop it. There you go. This is the soccer OG. I had some other things to talk about, but I'm going to leave it there. We're going to get ready for our conversation. Bradley Wright Phillips. A wonderful person and what an incredible career he has had. We'll get his thoughts on MLS and the Premier League. And maybe the Fulham will get his thoughts on that as well. The Soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. We're here in the business end. And our guest this week is one of the the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, mainly with the Red Bulls, but I got to spend some time with him here at LAFC. It all started at Man City. One and only Bradley Wright Phillips, who has joined the world of media. And I remember, Bradley, when I interviewed you uh, on Instagram Live and you didn't know where to lie the phone down and you were trying to get comfortable. And now look at you now. I'm a pro, comfortable now. I'm comfortable. It all makes sense. It is all makes sense, and you're you could be seen on uh, the MLS season pass uh, on Apple TV, which is the MLS 360 show, which is a must watch because it's uh, you get all you you guys are there for the entire Saturday, and yep. we all like to focus on games, but to be able to jump around is a great way to get if you're not familiar with the league to see it, and for you in particular, I mean, you you're it's a crash course because. It's impossible, you would think, to see all 29 teams in Major League Soccer, but you're doing it every Saturday. Yeah, it's not easy. You, know, you ever see when um, when a parent just throws their kid, their baby, into the water and the kid somehow <laughs> just starts swimming? I'm that, that kid amazing? right now. <laughs> I'm what are you doing, right Dad? <laughs> Trust me, it'll be all right. Yeah, that's how it felt in the beginning, but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot. Um and I really want to just start trying to break. I want to start analyzing better, you know, plays, trying to make the casual fan understand where I'm coming from. Um, so that's been the task at the moment. I'm just trying to be as myself as I can be and, and it'll go from there. But it's been fun. You got the chops and you got the credibility. Hey, you're also following in your dad's footsteps, who's become a, oh, yeah. uh, you know, a media darling. He's, you know, the BBC and everything yeah. he does. Anytime you uh, have you been able to, to, to get some uh, some pointers from the old man? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got as much as I should, but I've been, I was speaking to him before I started and I was just asking him advice on, you know, how I should be, um, you know, just like getting comfortable with, with that world. He, he's given me some, a few gems, but yeah, he's doing really well. He, he's a natural at these kind of things. Uh, people have told me I am, but I don't feel like it right now, but you are. He, he's really good. He's, he's the darling of England. You know, he's everyone's uncle. You are, and the, the advice I give to athletes that get into this profession, and I, I had time to carve out with you, and you are who you are. And what happens is you many and people in my shoes, too, you become you, you feel like you were becoming an announcer on air and you're different than who you are in real life. But I get that. Yeah. That's the that's the most difficult thing. But the the most important thing, and I think you've kind of mastered that because I get the impression when I hear you in the studio, it's the same. 
Bradley that you would hear on the field or at home. Yep. That's what I'm going for. I've, I still feel like I'm not fully myself because let's be real. There's three or four cameras in your face. You got earpiece in. So it, it, I'm getting used to that side of things, but yeah, with my thoughts, I'm just trying to be myself. And also being on, being on that show on the 360 show, a lot of people are meeting Bradley for the first time. You see me play, but you don't really hear me talk. I, I wasn't really a big interview guy. So they're going to have to get used to what my personality is really like, you know? And then I think from there, when they start, the viewer starts knowing me, I think it'll feel a lot better. Yeah. If you BWP to know him is to love him. And he's there on MLS 360 with Liam McHugh, <laughs> Kaylin Kyle and uh, Sasha Kleshton. And you have Sasha there to hold your hand a little bit. And he, I'm it's sure a, he wants you to yeah. hold his hand. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's very helpful. It's a good point, Max. Like without Sasha, I don't know where I'll be right now. You know, it's, like I get that locker room feeling with him, you know, it's, it's almost following his lead because he's done a bit of work. He's done some work with the World Cup. So it's kind of looking at someone that was, you know, in the changing room with you, you, you share a lot of the same views and then seeing them do it, it gives you confidence that you can do it. So, yeah, Sasha's been great for, for me being comfortable on the show. Well, we're also all in it, in it together because we want people to get excited about Major League Soccer and we want people to be drawn in the same way we were. We love it. We watch it every week and we will continue to yeah. do so. And now with Apple, we want it, it's going to be a globally, long process. Right? Sorry? But, but it's, it's just amazing with Apple that it, it can go. It's global. Yeah. And my biggest. My Have biggest you gotten feedback from people? I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you gotten feedback from people yeah. watching you overseas? Um, not, not really. Some tweets. Yeah, we get. I get. I've seen. I've read some tweets. So get, get a good. Uh, sorry, good feedback. Um, so that's exciting to hear. But I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more. So let's push this interview, and we're trying. Everybody, tell us what you think. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Guy, what, what do you get? What gets you excited about the league? What just sticks out when you watch these games and say, "This is good. I, this is why I've." I, I'm invested. Well, I'll start from here. Even as a player playing in the MLS, it would annoy me how the MLS was viewed. I was one of those people like the MLS is like near and dear to my heart. I have a lot of respect for it. I fully understand it being over here 10 years. And I would read Instagram comments or Twitter comments and they were just without any research, without any information, you get people abroad just talking trash about the, the MLS. And I think having this show, having MLS on Apple TV, we can... You don't have to listen to the rumors now. You can go and watch this and, and figure out for yourself. There's some really good players here, some really good coaches, some really good fans. You're getting to see that because I felt like a one-man army trying to let these people know on the phone or in, a, in on an argument on social media, no, there's actually a great player. And it, it helps that we get players like Almiron going over there and really doing well in the, in the Premier League, Tyler Adams, you know? So all these things would combine and help us, but Apple TV is... is us way ahead of them all you didn't mention tim ream red bull guy tim ream it's crushing it tim ream sorry tim sorry tim. <laughs> Kidding it. no honestly doing very well um and that's what they need to see for for the league to be respected globally that's a great point and uh one of the things look we can't force feed it to people i think some people hold it as you said they have a built-in uh disdain now that's too strong of a word for major league soccer but they don't want to invest it but you know they can be won over and i think the things that can help is compelling teams and compelling yeah. players and you said miguel alamidon who is the record transfer fee and and everyone's now talking about how that's going to be broken by yeah. tiago almada and i was listening to you guys on mls 360 <laughs> when he hit this incredible goal that's gone viral and it really yeah. has i'm not saying that as lip service it is everywhere no, it's, it's and an unbelievable I, goal though. i haven't seen that thing was it it was like there was a magnet drawing it to the corner and it was Max, from 30 yards out. 
sorry to cut you, but the audacity. The, <laughs> the, keeper, the keeper is standing on that side of the goal. So, and I said this on the 360 show, I'm saying this guy is relying on his technical ability alone to say, okay, the keeper's there, but I'm still putting this in the top corner. Not only is he, is he confident enough to think that, he executes. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's unbelievable. That is a top-class player. And, and, and I, that's why I love that goal, because if I'm his teammate, I'm like, maybe don't shoot from there. You know, Maybe let's try a trick play. He's like, no, I'll bang this top corner, and you're all going to love it. He's a... I mean, this is that's the reason. I mean, that's kind of become the poster boy. And I know it's a prisoner of the moment because we've only played four games, but he has four goals and four assists in four games. So that wasn't out no, of the what, blue. He does it. You what have more to, do you want from the kid? You yeah. have to tune in and watch him. You have to. And I wasn't honestly, he played a bit last season. I wasn't, I didn't pay attention much over there. Honestly, I didn't pay attention much. Then he has the World Cup. He wins the World Cup. Then he comes back and I'm like, okay, let me see what you're about. I wanted to see what he was about. And boy, has he turned up. It's unbelievable. The, the, his passing ability. He works off the ball. I spoke to Derek Etienne and I'm asking, is this guy really, is this just happening on match days or is this guy a baller? And he's like, no, the, the kid is unbelievable. Like he, he said that he's uh, as good as any 10 in the league, but the difference is he works hard too. He works for his team. He's in every play that Atlanta, Atlanta United have. He, he's unbelievable. I'm so happy he's in the league and he's a joy to watch. Yeah, Caleb Wiley is getting a lot of eyeballs. But if you watch every Caleb oh, Wiley, yeah. if you watch every Caleb Wiley uh, highlight, it's Tiago Amada there with him. So <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a great, I mean, this is a very special talent that we are encountering. And, you know, we want to bring Messi in here. Maybe Lionel Messi is here. I'm not comparing yeah. him to Lionel Messi, but you get a bit of a Messi effect if it continues because he's already had two incredible highlights, week one, week four. Yeah. You would imagine it's just a matter of time um, before we get another one of that nature. Yeah. Um, what upsets me though is he's he's probably be, he's probably going to be gone in the in the in the summer, and I just wanted to see those three young players. You see Miles Robinson at the back, young player having a great season. Caleb Wiley, then Almada, and now if he leaves, it kind of goes. That Atlanta team, you could build. Or if you if you're like me and you look to the future, you could just see them building around that team and becoming like a monster. It's so, uh... yeah, but. But it's Sorry, it, it, you have that's the the interesting story about whether they sell him in the summer because I think you're right, but it'll have to be a really big offer. But the way he's playing, yeah. a big offer offers are going to come in. How big of an offer? But yeah. that's going to be a touchstone moment because if they yeah. they're the criticism on MLS is like, why are you selling your best players? Yeah. We know you have we need to. to keep them. Yeah. We need to keep them. I, but I that could it. be the moment. I, I get it, Max, because we want to also have our own best players. You know, our own world class players, and if we if we keep selling them, it's like we're never going to almost be on a level. But then when we do sell them, it's like, yeah, he came from the MLS. Look at the players they have there. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one. You know, it's which way do you go? But either way, he's been here. He's exciting to watch. And yeah, we just need to keep producing players like this. Yeah. Have you seen other guys? I mean, it, it's, so, it's so hard to choose. But other people that you say, maybe I got to keep an eye on what he is doing. It looked like uh, Dallas has Alan Velasco who fits the bill like Amali. He's yeah. not at that level, but you never know. They've been recruiting yeah. some, some young South American players. But have you seen someone um, in the, these early, this first month that you say, hey, keep an eye on that guy? Do you know who has a, a lot in his locker and I've played with him, so I know, but he just needs to add a few things and take a few things out of his game. It's Lucas Zellerayan. I know that he gets a lot of credit already, but there's so much more in this guy's. He, he can, he's capable of those moments Almada has. The thing with him, he, he gets frustrated a little bit. He, you know, when things are not going his way, he can he can get frustrated. But technical ability, 
the things he can do with the ball, he can put a, a, a game on his back. I've been on a, on a field with him and we're losing, we're not playing well, and he just scores two banger free kicks. So Zellerayan has that. He has those magic moments. He has that technical ability to run a game. Do you know who I like, who's, who's really good as well, is at the same team, Alex Matan. Alexander Matan is he's a, oh, so tricky. Like, he's one of those players in, a, in training, if you're not on his team and you're playing like small-sided games, he's just dicing people up. Dice in the, you know, he can run through four or five guys. He just needs to add goals and assists to his game. He got a goal against Red Bull on the weekend. So he's definitely one to watch. I'm trying to think of some other players. But we got a bunch of them. This league is blessed for tens and tricky players. Yeah. There's a bunch of them here. It's good. It's it's kind of hard to catalog them all because there's uh, there's a variety. I, I love it because you have the South American players. They're recruiting into Europe. You have the young players that are coming through that are being developed. You have these late bloomers which are yep. popping up all over the place. And uh, you put that all into a, into a, a pot. You can have a, you have a really good league. So there's developing yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, you, you're with the uh, Red Bulls too. And, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm here at LAFC and we, I actually was there, watched their final preseason game. And I, okay. I was talking to someone there. I go, this people are interested in a big way because they want to know who is coming up next. They want to know who is the next Tyler Adams. They want to know yeah. the next Brendan Aronson because it's a pipeline. It's it's pumping yeah. and the Red Bulls are at the top of that list. They've created a lot of good yeah. talent. Um what do you what are you guys looking for? I mean, what should we be looking for? And what's the process of identifying that talent that could become a Red Bulls senior player or sold for a big money overseas? Yeah, well you know how Red Bull played. Like Red Bull is a First of all, we're looking for individuals that are going to buy into the system. It's not an easy system to play in. You know, some people love it. Some people hate it. But you have to buy in. You need to be all in. Um, that's the first thing. You need to have a good engine on you. I won't lie. You've got to be able to get up and down that field. Um, and then be a difference maker. The Red Bull way is you work hard. You try and press teams into mistakes. But there's no point doing that if you can't have a final play. You know, if you're not winning the ball and playing forward. You know, so we're looking for these kind of things. And then it, it's just a human in, in themselves. Like Tyler Adams is a, he's a person that is he's fearless. The first thing I recognized about Tyler was he didn't care. He come with the first team. He's telling me, you know, the star striker at the time, hey, you got to come back into the game. <laughs> I'm like, hold on, who's this kid talking to, you know? <laughs> but that's, that's the kind of Red Bull, like Tyler, he is the ultimate Red Bull player. So yeah, there's a few characters and few characteristics that go into it, but yeah, you're looking for players that can do a, a bunch of different things, you know? It's an overwhelming system. So you've got to be able to press. You've got to be able to know the system. You've got to be able to control where players are going to, where you want them to go, where they need to recover, when it's time to attack, our fullbacks push high. So there's a lot of things that go into scouting at Red Bull and the players you're looking for. But they're doing a good job. They always do. We find we've got some good young players, which you'll see this season in the MLX Next Pro when we win it. So, yeah, it should be, it should be good. You and you uh, are very proud of your now New Jersey roots, right? You would you would have a fist yeah. fight if someone badmouthed New Jersey. So you're oh, looking. I love New Jersey. <laughs> I love New Jersey. I like my time in LA. Um, people always ask me, where do you prefer, LA or New Jersey? And when I say New Jersey, they're surprised. I love LAFC. I love that club. I love the locker room. I love the players. Like what a team to play. I was so lucky to be a part of that team. But um, yeah, just a place, New Jersey in itself. I love. I like the people. You know, no nonsense. I but Brendan Aronson's from there. He's from South Park. Yeah. And I heard him say when you know people consider New Jersey the armpit of America. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 yeah. That's not true. Maybe there's a perception. But if you go to New Jersey, you have everything at your fingertips. People pay a lot of everything. taxes to live there. And uh, yep. 
the proximity to New York, et cetera. But uh, I've always I, I've always enjoyed my time there. I think landing at Newark puts people off. So they land at <laughs> Newark Airport and they're like, oh, my God, what is this place? You know, you got you got to drive like 10, 15 minutes. You'll be all right. I like Newark Airport because uh, you get in there and then it's that quick train and you're into the city. Yeah. When you yeah, when yeah. I'm at JFK and LaGuardia, I feel like it's too oh, many people. Oh, my God. Nightmare. I so feel I like, like when Newark. I go to JFK, when I go to JFK, I feel like Frodo Baggins just traveling <laughs> around the world just to get back home. It's crazy. There and back again with uh, yeah. Frodo and, and BWP. <laughs> <laughs> you, have you read The Lord of the Rings or you just watch the movies? No, or? I just watch the movies. I just watch the movies. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I was, it's, it's, um, it's just to bring up the point about New Jersey, I think about New, Jer- New York and New Jersey. You mentioned Tyler Adams, and there's Brendan Aronson, there's Joe Scally who came through the New York City FC. There's two clubs competing for that, the, the talent there. But uh, I mean, that corridor is. When I look at, you know, even back in the day with like the Tony Miola's and stuff and, and Tony, Tab Ramos, yeah. Tab Jersey, Ramos, yeah. what's it like? They I mean, people are some, playing, man. Yeah, they produce some top players that even you're talking about just guys from, yeah, they just produce good players. I don't know what it is about New Jersey. Maybe that's why I love it so much, but they just got, they must be doing something like, they're doing something real, real right with the, with the youth programs here because it's not a coincidence how they're producing these players for years. In years and years, you know, so I don't know what it is. I ain't got my finger on it yet, but they're doing the right thing. Oh, excellent. Have you been keeping us up to speed with uh, the Premier League? Always. I, I, oh. uh, the Premier League, I have to. I'll wake up. Even when I was in LA, I'd wake up at four in the morning. We got that. We, we we sprung forward. So those games are actually five. So we, for, for another oh, month five, or so yeah. until Europe catches yeah. up with us. So I, yeah. I trust me, that extra hour of sleep is golden. <laughs> yeah. who, who, it wasn't easy. What's your My club? I know Arsenal. your team's Arsenal. Arsenal. So, okay, obviously your dad the played team there. in the world. Yeah, the greatest team in the world. What makes this group different, this team, and why? Because I'm starting to believe that they're going to win it because, I mean, even this weekend they were clinical. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to what I said with Red Bull. Why I love Mikel Arteta um, is because, listen, Aubameyang, great player. Um, Xhaka had his problems, but Arteta's gone in there and he knows how he wants to play. He knows what kind of personality he needs in a locker room to execute how he wants to play. And he wasn't afraid to go and get rid of the captain. He wasn't afraid. They, a, a big thing is Arsenal gave him time. So he got to put those practices in, you know, he, he had time to, to execute what he wanted to do, but he's got a young squad that are all buying in and are very technical and they're a good team. They're not just buying in, running and listening to what he's saying. They're good players. They can make a difference. Saka, Martinelli, uh, Emil Smith wrote all these guys. I'm forgetting Odegaard. You put you mix talent, and then you have that group buy-in. It, it's a different beast. It, only you can beat yourself then, you know. And and I think that's what he's done well. Really, they're really exciting to watch, right, Max? I right. love watching Arsenal again. It's been a long few years that I've enjoyed watching Arsenal, but now I'm just like enjoying. Well, it's, it's so the much. build. You nailed it. It's the build because I mean they're, they're not a they're not a poor club. They're going to spend money, but they're very savvy with it. They've They've built within with Saka, uh, Eddie and Ketia, who I, I would have said, there's no way Eddie he's going to, or uh, Reese Nelson. I don't think those Reece guys Nelson, were, yeah. they were going to get sold, but no, they're part of that Arsenal team. And, they've and they're a big come up. part of it. Yeah. They're a big part of it, Max. And I'll say this, if you go back to the beginning of the season and you take a picture of that starting lineup, you're not looking at them the same as you look at them now. These guys have turned themselves, like Mikel Alteta has turned these guys into world-class players. Like, and, and I credit to them, but, 
if you see that team sheet in the beginning of the season, I wasn't overly, I wasn't like, yeah, well, I was praying for a top four. I was like, please, Champions League this season. And they just kept building, building, they get more confident. And now look at them, one of the best teams in the world. It's, it's an amazing story. I wish they'd done that, the Amazon Prime in, uh, documentary one year later. Oh. <laughs> but you but, can see it building last season. You could see that also in there. You're like, oh, Arteta seems to be changing something here. Well, you mentioned Granite Shaka, and you said there's probably, I mean, these are these are players that are still really good, that maybe yeah. he could have been, they could have sold him to another club and maybe his Arsenal times, yeah. but he stuck, stood with them. And then Martin Odegaard and Thomas Partey are excellent players, but they haven't proven themselves anywhere. And, you know, there's exactly. a, Real Madrid and eventually parted ways with Odegaard because he didn't yeah. fit there. And then... Uh, Atletico. Uh, and yeah, Atletico with Partey. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. we'll go a different direction. But then... Mikel Arteta fo- saw these, and those guys are just uh, an anchor. He saw, he saw something in it because you got to remember, Xhaka was he was fighting the fans. Yeah, he lost captaincy, so Arteta's obviously got him in a room and said, "Listen, this is what we're trying to do." It seems like he's saying, "If either you buy in, I, I think you're an amazing player, but you got to buy in. You got to do it this way." And they have, and these guys are now valuable parts of the team. Like I can't see Arsenal lining up without Xhaka. Like, I no. couldn't see it, and before there was a time I hated Xhaka. I'm like, why is he still playing? You know, being that uh, that fan, I'm like, why is he still getting started? And this is why Arteta's seen it in him. So they're going to get in the Champions League. I know that you said, please, they're going to make the Champions yeah, League. But do they sense. win the title? They have an eight-point lead. Man City has a game in hand, and Arsenal have 10 games to go. Is I, this the year? Listen, listen. I think <laughs> I wouldn't like. He doesn't want to say it. <laughs> I can't say it. Man. I can't say it without touching wood. Oh. Like, my heart tells me one thing. And my mind is just saying, don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Don't say anything one game at a time. I'm with Mikel right now. One game at a time. One game at a time. Yeah. One game at a time. And by the way, life's good there. And uh, the rivals, Antonio, uh, did you see this Antonio Conte? He just lit Conte up his... interview was crazy. Oh, my God. How are you reacting it. as a player? How are you reacting as a player? They should have had, Sky Sports should have had a camera uh, <laughs> and someone mic'd at, at Spurs training Monday morning just to see that go yeah, down. Because I go, this see, is so yeah. awkward, but I loved it. Because it looks to me like it looks to me like he's just trying to get fired. It's like he doesn't care. Like if you get rid of me, that like, I'm good. Like Maybe. to come out and say those things, I'm like he he doesn't care anymore. He's over it. I should try that at my work and just be really yeah, yeah. Uh, see if that works. Yeah, yeah really I don't great. care. And they go, you're yeah. fired. <laughs> oh what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's a, that's 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 great. So uh, it it's it's I just I, I was waiting for Arsenal to hit. A hurdle, and they hit like a little one there for a couple games. Everybody's but I think, been waiting. but they just keep. Everybody's going. been waiting week after week. It's like, oh, they haven't played a team fighting for relegation. Then they beat that team. They haven't played a team in the top four. They beat that team. This one's trickiest on a Wednesday. Beat that team. You know, it's every test they've been that's been put up against them. They've passed it. And they, that big that Man City game coming though is is massive. Yes, can't wait. Uh, massive. They're out of Europe. An incredible game against Sporting. But thank the, God. If you see the Champions League draw, it's uh, you have you still have Chelsea, Real, you have yeah. City, Bayern. I didn't see the Champions League draw. I didn't see it. Oh well, they're that's on the one side. City wanted. City don't want to see Bayern. I don't think that's good for them. And then it's was it Napoli? Is it Milan? And then Inter and Benfica. I don't know. It's a yeah. it's going to be a weird final because the two English teams, Real and Bayern, are on one, are on one side of the bracket. So you have some good games, yeah. but uh, yeah. should be fun. You'll be you can worry about that next year when Arsenal are in the quarterfinals of the Champions League after they <laughs> exactly. win the Premier League title. It's none of my business, Max. It's okay, none of no my business right now. No predictions. One thing. 
He's pre- no. he's focused on MLS every Saturday. He's focused on <laughs> yeah. finding the next awesome. big, the next big American star in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut yeah. area. Bradley Wright Phillips. Hey man, it was great to chat with you, and I, I hope I look Thank forward to seeing you uh, on the road here at some point. Yeah, man. I hopefully I can see you soon. We briefly saw each other in San Jose, but I need more time with you, man. Ah, uh, right on. Right on. Have, have you mastered all the Apple products? Are you fiddling with your Apple not Watch? Not yet. I, my eldest daughter, I tell her, she lets me know how to work these things. But yeah, I'm, I'm progressing. That's good. But you have a workforce there. What do you have? Three kids, four kids? Three kids. You got the workforce there. They can take care of dad. Dad's it, yeah. get you out exactly. the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's Bradley, right? Phillips joining me in the business. And uh, again, if you ch- check him out on uh, MLS 360 every Saturday on Apple TV, MLS Season Pass, we'll be back with stoppage time. We'll talk about the international window and the United States as they prepare for a couple games. Thanks, Max, man. Good speaking to you. Time now for stoppage time in the United States getting ready for a pair of games in the Nations League, which they hope to get the results and advance so they can defend their Nations League crown. It's it's a big deal. I think so. We were there. I was there. I was in Denver last Nations League final. And to see the pomp and circumstance in a big final against Mexico, um, CONCACAF, the top is getting better. We saw that with the, uh, the CONCACAF Champions League, right? The... You know, the Central American teams, which we've always said, okay, it's going to be a two-league competition. You know, the Honduran teams, Motagua knocked out Mexican champs Pachuca. Olympia was there to knock out Atlas. Uh, Atlas had to come back from a three-goal aggregate hole. And then Violet of Haiti going through. So that's good for the competition because it is the CONCACAF Champions League. It's not the Liga MX MLS Challenge. Uh, I stand by it that I think uh, MLS is going to... Uh, lift the trophy a second year running. I will say that um, um, there is uh, there is another camp in April that the United States are going to be part of, which will bring the MLS players. So this squad for these games against Grenada and El Salvador is European-based. Uh, the Grenada game will be in Grenada, which I always like to visit. You know, I remember as a kid watching the news when the U.S. went into Grenada to help liberate them, and I didn't know what was going on. But uh, that's when I, my introduction to Grenada. You know, the U.S. doesn't do that anymore. March 27th, they will be in Orlando to take on El Salvador. El Salvador, we saw in CONCACAF uh, World Cup qualifying, is is very is, is an improved outfit uh, under the American leadership of Hugo Perez, and that's a, a squad I'm, I'm intrigued with. They've gotten some dual nationals from the U.S., which have helped prop them up a little bit as well. I might see El Salvador play, I think, Wednesday there at BMO Stadium. Maybe I'll pop over for like an hour to watch that. So the roster came out, and it was a very strong roster. People were raving about it. No Tyler Adams, and now Tim Weah we can re- add to the injured list. Uh, they said that some of these guys were not brought in uh, like Cameron Carter Vickers, uh, Georgi Mihalovic is coming into the game, into the the squad. It's a 24-man squad. So that's good because we know what we can get from Tim Weah. He's playing as a fullback at Lille and doing very well before picking up the injury. Uh, some of the players that were brought in are actually playing despite being told us that they were injured. So that I don't, we don't like the uh, 
the dishonesty, if that, for lack of a better word, with regards to that. The three goalkeepers, Zach Steffen's back, Matt Turner, Ethan Horvath. I'm thrilled about Zach Steffen as Middlesbrough's making a real push for automatic qualification for the Premier League. That's great for getting another American in uh, the Premier League. Of all those Americans in the championship, we need one of them back in the Premier League. And Steffen's looking like the best option. Interesting fullbacks, Brian Reynolds, Joe Scali, Serginio Dest, who hasn't been great, but... Uh, Brian Reynolds had a great assist for Vesterloo in the Belgian League. He would be my dream right back because he's just a physical anomaly. Just this six foot three, strong, fast, athletic fullback that if he gets the technical skills down, uh, no one has that on the world stage. So Brian Reynolds is a really compelling guy, and it's good to see him getting back on the rails after it didn't work out for him at Roma. Maybe he gets back to Roma at some point. Tim Ream is on the squad, and he's 35. And I was going to say that Tim Ream should be, if look, he shouldn't be playing the way he's playing, and obviously it hasn't been a good couple weeks for Fulham. He shouldn't be playing at this level at 35 as one of the best defenders in the Premier League, captaining Fulham at every step. But he is. So I'm starting to classify him as a freak of nature. And he, um, until the moment it starts to deteriorate his play and it can happen at any time when you're mid-30s at this sport or in any sport if he keeps doing this then he should be the center back starting in 2026 without question he's that valuable at the way he's playing now in 2024 or 2025 rolls around and Tim Ream's starting to get really leggy and which I would imagine what is going to happen but if it doesn't happen because that should have happened already Tim Ream is the guy the uh Tyler Adams isn't there, so we get a chance to see of a couple guys that might be able to back him up. Um, Kellen Acosta is that guy, and Kellen Acosta still is that guy. Didn't get called in. He'll probably come in for April for that friendly, that glorified friendly against Mexico. But Kellen Acosta, that's his job. Uh, they brought in Johnny Cardoso and Alan Sonora. Sonora is not a def- holding midfielder, but he was the one guy I was most surprised with his uh, participation here. And he looked, it didn't look like a national team player in January. He gets another shot here. He didn't sign in MLS. He went and signed with Juarez in Mexico. But uh, I just, I thought that spot could have gone to someone else. Johnny Cardoso, who has all this potential. I haven't seen anything from him on the national team level. He'll get a better chance here. I just don't know if, I would not put him ahead of Kellen Acosta. I know many of you out there, hey, good, the, the most talented. We're not, we still need some experience in guys who can do a few things, and Kellen Acosta can. Um, and I know there's a pushback with MLS. There's one MLS player here, Miles Robinson. And that's mainly by design. I mean, there's some MLS players, a bunch of them playing for Canada and other um, international teams. And MLS will be playing this weekend, so uh, it doesn't take a break for uh, the window. But um, there's a, there are MLS players that should be on this squad if you're picking the best team. So don't feel content. We still need Kellen Acosta. We still need Walker Zimmerman. Even though the center backs are very intriguing, when you think about the guys that aren't here, Chris Richards and Cameron Carter-Vickers, you have Reem, you have Austin Trusty made it. What an incredible story. What another Amer- American MLS success story. I mean, uh, Philadelphia traded him to Colorado, and then he he hit this this vein of form, signed by Arsenal, and now playing with Birmingham City, doing very well, and now getting call-ups. But my, 
for someone like Walker Zimmerman, he doesn't fall off the back page here. He's still very important. Brandon Vasquez might be that number nine. He's an MLS player. So we still should look at three or four guys, at most, that should be on our number one team. Let's not get caught with the starry eyes of Europe. And let's remember, a lot of these guys are not playing in the Bundesliga or the Premier League. These guys are playing in Belgium, the Netherlands. But I watched uh, Feyenoord Ajax. Incredible. I have a, I've been getting in more into the Eredivisie again. And it's a really good league. I know it's it's good for strikers to score a lot of goals. And we've seen that with Ricardo Pepe. We saw that back in the day with Josie Altador. But it, it's a really it's a really good league. Really good stuff to watch. So the midfield, that Tyler Adams void, that's going to be something that has to be uh, addressed. Because who's going to play in that position? I imagine... You know, Luca Della Torre, maybe McKenney drops in a bit, and Musa as well. Maybe they do that. They always talk about that double pivot. It would make sense here under uh, Anthony Hudson. Forwards. Congratulations to Taylor Booth. Hopefully he gets his first cap. Uh, Alex Zendejas. A lot of stories about how Mexico fouled up his uh, pursuit, and now he is going to get capped here in March, and he is going to be a full U.S. international. The United States, with Greg Berhalter and Anthony Hudson, have knocked it out of the park. I don't know if it's Anthony Hudson. I'm just including the staff. Have knocked it out of the park with dual nationals. Yunus Musa, Serginho Des, Zendejas, and Folar and Balogun, not included with the England team, may tell you that he is available. Anthony Hudson said there is a dialogue going with Balogun. We have a lot of good number nines, but no one's gone from good to great. Balogun is great. He would be the eventual heir apparent at a guy who you, you hand that position to him, even though he's young. I mean, he's got 17 goals uh, for Ren in uh, the league one league. In. So in the meantime, Daryl DK and Ricardo Pepe get a shot. Ricardo Pepe's back. Daryl DK, who's had so many injuries recently playing good at West Brom, but it really is, Pepe's form that has been extraordinary. I think both of them get a start here. Do they move ahead of the pack of Haji Wright and Jordan Pifok, who started over the weekend with Union Berlin, Josh Sargent, who wasn't called in, or Jesus Fedeta, who scored another goal uh, at FC Dallas? But you have that group of guys. But who's? we need one of them just to step above the rest and say, I got it. And hopefully... Uh, it's DK or Pepe. If not, maybe Balogun, because it feels a little closer for him to being included than heading in a different direction. I believe he could still go with Nigeria. He has a lot of options for his international future. But remember, the United States are already qualified for the World Cup. And that is, that's important. Now they got to fill that position for their manager. And I hope they really get into that in the sporting director in the month of April after these games as we move forward. That was, a, that was a lot of ground to cover. Woof. The Soccer OG, rate, review, download, subscribe, tell a friend. We'll be here every week. More great guests coming your way. That's the I wear the producer's hat, and I book these guests, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of hard work, but it's a lot of fun. Check out The Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. There is a new video up and running on Tiago Almada, which I think you will find compelling. We're out of time, but we'll be back next week. And until we speak again... Placido Domingo.